0: Good morning, everyone. Um, if, if we haven't met, I'm Taylor. I'm the Young Adults Director. I think we all know each other. But, you know, if we haven't met, that's who I am. Um, that song was perfect. Uh, good job. We, yeah. Uh, as I was sitting there uh, worshiping and singing, I was, I was thinking... Uh, you know this morning i am here to talk about something i don't want to talk about and you don't want me to talk about but we're going to do it and that is the last year um because it kind of feels like it's in the rearview mirror now and it feels very very comfortable to me to try and just pretend like it didn't happen <laughs> um but but we can't right not if we're going to move on in in healthy and good and meaningful ways not if we're going to learn from it um and i was uh, you know that like i could just i could just sit here in your arms and and let your mercy rest with me but and never change let it change me from the inside and I believe that as much as this year was hard, God has mercy for us in it, Um, if we'll be present with what's happened. So here we go. Um, And and, and I want to start by just kind of remembering. My story is going to be different from yours, but is it? Right, we all kind of we all kind of had a lot of these same things. I'll bet you remember where you were whenever you went, "Oh, this is real. This is this is happening." Um I have a really bizarre story for that. My my in-laws uh were were in town for uh I believe it was my father-in-law's birthday and he loved jazz, so we went out to uh one of the jazz clubs, the one in, in downtown. And we had, we had dropped them. I had dropped them off, uh, at this jazz club and I was trying to find a place to park in the crossroads and, or in downtown. And it was late at night and the, the streets were totally empty and I was walking through and then I walked in, I I was like, this is, this is bizarre. Should we be doing this? Um, and I started to get a little scared. And then I walked into this jazz, <laughs> jazz club and there's this like jazz piano trio playing. And I'm like, this is the scene from the post-apocalyptic movie that I think I'm about to start living. Like where you're like there as the world ends with this like piano player and you know, uh, man. I, and, and that was the moment where I was like, huh. <laughs> this is bad. Like something real is about to happen. And then I remember sitting with my friends, uh, the day before, like, it was like tomorrow we're all locked down and sitting with everyone and being like, we'll see each other again at some point. And the grief that came with that, because so I, I lead the river, the, the young adults community here and in that, my, like, my whole rallying cry for the community of people that, that we've brought together, my whole thing that I've oriented my life around is community and life together and being like, we need to meaningfully do life together, not just like have people that we know. And then all of a sudden, that was unsafe. And... I still had my job here at Lakeland and I'm a therapist and I still had my job as a therapist, but now I was doing it all over telehealth. So I'm still working, but I can't do anything that I'm used to doing and feel like I'm doing it well. Um, And I'll bet your story, it, it may, it may not have you now doing all of your work in a way that you, maybe you lost your job. Um, maybe you lost it for a little while and then got it back. Uh, but I know most people, maybe you kept doing your job just like you did, but you were afraid and things were weird. Um, then things opened back up for the summer. And I don't know if you had this experience. Uh, I'll, I'll bet you did to some degree. Um, So we got our community at the river back together and everybody's doing things. And I didn't, I wasn't able to see it at the moment that this is what was happening. But we all had been in isolation for so long that uh, everybody needed so much from each other because we were hurting. And nobody was able to give that to each other very well because no one was full. So people got hurt and people got frustrated. And and this whole thing that I'd spent the last five years building, it felt like COVID had ruined it. It felt like it was falling apart because everybody was hurt and frustrated and people were not wanting to spend time together anymore. People, I had like poured my heart and soul into this thing for five years. and was like, great, COVID just wrecked it, is, is what it felt like and then we went into the second shutdown before that could even, you know, into the fall where we weren't formally shut down, but like, you know, I got COVID around November. So then I couldn't do anything. I sat around and we watched, we watched a lot of survivor at our house during that point. Um, I had never watched survivor before. It's very good. Um, and, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't struggle with loneliness at our house because especially in the first part, we had, we had six people living at our house, including us uh, at the time. And depending on uh, your personality there, you're either like you lucky son of a gun or you like threw up in your mouth a little bit whenever I said that, like thinking about being locked down with four other people uh, who aren't your family members. Um, but uh, so that second, that second, Period of lockdown where I, I'm now. I have COVID and we're in quarantine and we're watching lots of Survivor and doing lots of puzzles. There's this one. This was the other moment that I remember. And you probably didn't have this exact moment. It wasn't at a May concert online, but uh, but I'll bet you had this moment. Uh, there was a, a live streamed concert by my favorite band from high school. They 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 got back together to do a live stream concert, and you know they were that band for me that. Uh, the first band that I listened to in the car, whenever I was 16 and driving and my girlfriend and I really loved them. And they were kind of our band. Right. And then, uh, after college, my dad and I, with my best friend, we went and saw them play through this, my favorite album of theirs. And now here they are on this live stream playing this album. And I'm sitting there in front of my computer by myself, Listening to this album that's meant so much for me. Just crying. Because I'm like, what a, wh- where am I? <laughs> like, what is, what is happening? This is not where I saw life going. Um, and again, it probably wasn't f- in front of a May concert. But I'll bet you had that moment somewhere along the way. Um, and then... And then things slowly started to open back up. But I found something I didn't expect. I had lost my stamina for community and for people. Uh, I was always the one who said, like, no, you got to make it. You got to be there, like, commit to things and and love the people around you intentionally. And then we got together with our, our close friends for the first time in forever. And I was like, well, that was pretty good, but I'm exhausted. Uh-oh, I'm the one who's, like, telling everybody to do this, and I can barely do it. I've gotten really used to watching Survivor and doing puzzles. <laughs> um, and I started finding myself going, what am I about anymore? Who am I on the other side of this thing that I never thought would happen? Who am I and what am I about Um. Because as much as I tried, oh, I'm sorry, I'm moving so much, I'm probably a nightmare for you guys running the cameras. I'm gonna try and be a little more still. Um, (laughs) Oops. Uh, I found myself going, I thought I could just pick up where I left off, but I can't. It's impossible because the world has changed and I've changed. And as I started asking myself, like, I guess the word, the word that I'd use is, this last year has been, whatever else it's been, it's been terribly disorienting. Um, so I started poring over this. I started thinking a lot about, how do I make sense of this? And, and I kept being drawn to a particular passage in the scriptures. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, "I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life." The Pharisees challenged him. "Here you are, appearing as your own witness, but your testimony or your testimony is not valid." Jesus answered, "Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid." For I know where I come from, and I know where I'm going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true, because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Now, there's probably like five or six sermons that are there present in that passage. So you may have picked up on something else, but this is what I kept being drawn to over and over and over again. This statement that Jesus made, I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. The groundedness that Jesus has when he says that, like, I know my... I know my testimony is true because I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. And here I am going like, who exactly am I these days? And I and I found myself wondering, what is it that made Jesus be able to say, I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. Is it something special about like, because... He is God incarnate. Is it something that like is just reserved for him? Or is that something that we can all have? That kind of groundedness, that kind of hope, that kind of thing that lets him say, you know what, I I pass judgment on no one. Um, That thing that says, "My, my testimony is true. And I've been thinking about that a lot. So here's my thoughts on that. Because they've brought me a lot of hope. And I hope that I can share that with you. So where do we come from and where are we going? So if if we're going to think about where we come from, we have to go back to the beginning. And this passage comes to mind. The word was with God. Nope, I skipped a line. whenever what existed before everything else was the Trinity. And the the, the Trinity, the church fathers, these these old dead wise guys, um, they described the Trinity as uh, what we translate now as the divine dance. Um, This constant, movement of, of love, this perfect relationship where, where the father and the son and the spirit are in perfect relationship of love. I really love, this is uh, St. Bernard of Clairvaux. Uh, if as is properly, if as is properly understood, the father is he who kisses the son who is, one more Try. try. If, as is properly understood, the Father is he who kisses the Son who is kissed, then it cannot be wrong to see in this kiss the Holy Spirit, for he is the imperturbable peace of the Father and the Son, their unshakable bond, their undivided love, their indivisible unity. A lot of big words in there, and that one's a hard one for me. Um... But what is so important here is, before anything else, what existed was a perfect relationship of perfect love. And everything that we know, everything, you and everyone that you know and love, and everyone that you dislike and everyone you fear, and not just people, but all of creation is the overflow of this divine love. There was nothing else for it to come from. Where we come from is the relationship that is God spilling over into creation out of an excess of joy and love. That's where we come from. That's, that's who we are is the love of God spilling over in, in, into creation. So if that's where we come from, where are we going? And I think of this passage. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. So I am making everything new. Again, that's not, uh, that's not just the hope of, like, someday when, you, you you know, what I grew up with, of, like, you pray the prayer, you go off to heaven, that kind of thing. No, God is making all things new. The cosmos is, like, hurling through time and space towards this moment of absolute and total and complete redemption. Where every tear is wiped away and pain and suffering cease where you and the people that you like and the people that you dislike and the people that you fear uh, and not just humanity, but all of this, all of God's good creation. I I think of Paul talking about uh, how creation groans like it's in the pains of, of birth, waiting for the children of God to be revealed and all things to be made new. And that's where we're going. So, we find ourselves between these two things. Between where we come from, the absolute and complete and total love and joy of the Trinity. To where we're going. The the recreation of, of all things, the undoing of everything wrong. And now we find ourselves in the middle of that, where all the good, you know, where all the good and the bad and and the right and the wrong gets mixed up. Where the cross happens, where the resurrection happens. And as humans... We can't help but try and make meaning out of everything, right? We have all of these things that happen in our lives. And to be human is to interpret and to make meaning and to try and understand why do the things that happen happen? And we all have a framework that we exist in. We all have wounds that we've been dealt. We all have hopes and dreams. And, and we make sense of our world and our life in light of these dreams and these hopes and these desires and these hurts and these fears and and the things that make their way into our, our DNA and into our soul. These are the things that help us make sense of all the things going on around us. So the question becomes, what kind of story are you telling? If you have a story where you believe yourself to ultimately just maybe not be worth that much or not be especially competent, then when you lost your job due to COVID or when I became incapable of doing my job in any way that I felt prepared to do, that becomes crushing, right? Because it's not just about income. It's not just about loving something and engaging in meaningful work. It becomes about me because my my narrative, my story, my way of making meaning of the world says, in order for me to be worth something, I have to be producing. I have to be. I have to be making it. I have to be climbing the ladder. And now COVID swoops in and takes away my ability to do that. And that fits right into the story that I'm telling about myself and about the world. So, what kind of story do we see in the Jesus story? Well. I think it's really important that in the Jesus story, if, if we buy this, we know the beginning and the end. I, uh, so I told you we watched a lot of Survivor, right, over over quarantine. Uh, so at that time, it was me and Ash and, and, and Brandon Bronson and Sarah Medley were our roommates. And we watched lots of Survivor. And there was this weird thing. I I, I just cleared this with Sarah, so she's good with you. You may know her. She's part of our family here at Lakeland. She would do this thing that just irritated me. As we started a new season, she would go online and look up who won the season. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, It's it's gross. Um, (laughs) uh, Because she couldn't handle the, the stress of wondering who was going to be voted off next. She had to know who won. But it does change things, right? It takes the anxiety out of the middle when you know how it's going to end. I also think of like the first time I read Narnia as a kid when Aslan dies. I, I, I cried. I loved Aslan whenever I was reading those books as a kid. And then, when you read it again, when you watch the movie, whatever it is, and you know on your second view, on your second read through, that he is going to raise from the dead. I hope that's not a spoiler for you. Um, It shouldn't be. You you should have read it by now. Um, It reads different, doesn't it? It doesn't make it not sad when it happens. But it reads different, and then I think of what it means to know the beginning, because we think we know the beginning. We know the beginning of our story, but I think of you guys saw Cruella Deville that the Cruella movie just came out. I, I'm not gonna lie, I think that's a little ridiculous because I because the whole begin the whole concept is let me help you feel empathy for this woman who wants to skin puppies. That's the, that's the whole selling premise, right? Like I want you to, but, but here's the point is that they're going. If only you knew, if you knew how this story began, you would read the story differently. You'd think about it differently. The whole thing gets changed because you thought you knew the beginning, but you don't There's, It goes back further. And knowing the beginning changes the way. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know if they can make me root for Corella. But they think they can. Because when you know the beginning, it changes the way you read the story. So, if we know we come from the perfect love of the Trinity, and that's our destination, is right back into that perfect love. We can't help but read the in-between parts differently. It doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't undo that things are wrong. But we read the story differently. And our pain and our suffering are given meaning and they're given dignity even as we see that our Lord suffered. And then he takes part in our sufferings on our way, on our way to a glorious and beautiful making all things new. And I want to be really clear on something. It's not enough. It's not going to, like, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, yes, this, this speaks to my soul. I, I need to hear this. I need a different story than the one I'm telling right now. It's not enough. hear somebody say it and go, yes, I I believe it. Because when, when the rubber meets the road, you've had a story you've been telling yourself for a very, very long time. This information that you're gaining right now, it's not going to overwrite the old story. Maybe it'll challenge it. Maybe it'll, it'll help. And, and there'll be a moment where you go, Oh yeah, he said that thing. But honestly, I'm, I forget what I preach two or three weeks later. Sometimes that's just how it is. Um, I'm doing it again. I'm going to move back to the middle. Sorry, Luke. Um, this story, this beginning and end that we know to help us tell a new, better, different story, to make meaning in a better way, it has to become something that finds its way down into your soul, down into your DNA. It's something that you have to sit with and sit with. Um, it took me a long time. To even have. I, I grew up as a Christian. I, I grew up. I, I think I prayed the, the prayer of salvation. When I was like four. Um, I, but this story. Didn't begin to really sink down for me. Until I was in my like mid-twenties. It took a long time. For that voice to to win out over the other voices even sometimes. And and I think the way that it did, thankfully, we have a lot of ways to to help sink this story in at Lakeland, right? The milestones, that's how you show up and you're reminded over and over and over again throughout the year, of like these are, this is our story. This is who we are. This is what it means to belong to the people of God. This is our, this is our, we, we come from the love of the Trinity and we go into the love of the Trinity, into the making of all things new. Uh, we have retreats that we go on. Uh, we have Lexio Divina that happens all the time that Marta does where we get together and we pray the scriptures. It takes, uh, I've been trying, and gosh, I've been trying, and I'm not good at it all the time, but I'm, I'm getting better at having a daily rhythm of prayer where I come and I'm, I'm going through the, the stress and the frustration of the day-to-day of my job, and I stop, and I pause, and I remember, I remember all of the things that I'm experiencing today that are hard and difficult and frustrating and sad. What's the context for? How do I make sense of them? And, and I, I remind myself and I place those things at the feet of God. Because if this is really going to become our story, we have to constantly be reminded. And one way that we remind ourselves of this is through the Lord's table. We remind ourselves that on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This body and bread are are the the, the body and blood of the one who said, I am the light of the world and I shine light on your story. I shine light and give meaning and hope all the normal, weird little things that happen in life and all the big things like 2020 that just don't make a lot of sense. And he shines his light and helps us to see it differently. Amen.